Hello everyone, welcome to Langstaff Assembly Podcast. My name is Yanaili Joyce and I'm your host for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages you and that it draws you near to God. So what I want to share with you today is something that I've been enjoying for a little while. A few months ago, back in November, we were going through the book of 2 Peter. And it seems like forever ago now. Actually, it's really weird how time works when you think about it. I've been married now for about a year and a couple months. And in one sense, it seems like I've been married for my whole life. And then in the other sense, it seems like it seems like we just got married yesterday. And I guess that's how things go. Like you start off, I'll start off a long work day and I mean, Paul would know with his shifts as well, like he has 12 or long shifts, right? And so you start off your work day and like the first couple hours seem to fly by. But then after lunch, from lunch till the end of the day, it seems like an eternity. And that's just how, I don't know, that's just how time works. But going through the book of 2 Peter, there's a verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, or 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 that says, a thousand years is as a day with the Lord. And that phrase right there, a thousand years is as a day, really seems to, seems to blow my mind. And it kind of gives us the idea, it gives us the picture that over the course of a thousand years, tons of things happen, thousands of things happen. Empires rise and fall and, and kingdoms and cities and, and, and people, people live, there's like almost 10 generations within a thousand years. And that's insane. And it says to God, that huge amount of time is as one day. And I think about that. And it reminds me of a song that I used to sing when I was, when I was growing up or a song that I used to listen to. And the song is called already there. And it's all about how God is actually outside of time. And so we live in this bubble of time and we know we have from creation and and everything that happens. And God is outside of that. And God existed before time, forever before time, and God will exist forever. And it, it kind of like, it's almost like a mind twister. Like I think like forever. And then I go like back in time, like forever. And so I go back to creation and I think about the creation story that we're given in the Bible. And then I think about before forever. And then before that, And God existed before that. And that's like, that's mind-blowing. But then the second part of this verse, not only is that huge amount of period as a day with God, but the second part of the verse actually says that a day is as a thousand years. So you take all all of the things that may happen in a thousand years, and then you narrow that down to one day. And that thousand years or sorry that one day is as a thousand years to God and the way that my mind kind of the way that my mind kind of understands that is is this that all of those things all of the attention that God gives to a thousand years all of the the kingdoms rising up and and falling down and and the people coming and going and all of the the huge big picture things that happen within a thousand years God gives the same attention to that thousand years 
as he does to that individual day. And God is in that day. God's not just outside of time and, and letting things go, but God is actually inside that 24-hour period. Every single day, every single second, every single thing that happens, God is there. God is present. God is aware. And that day, it's as if that one single day was as a thousand years to God. And this really gives me hope because there's times where I wake up in the morning and if you don't know, I'm an electrician and I wake up early and I, and I wake up and I have to climb a whole bunch of stairs before five o'clock. And so I'll get to the 20th floor and I'll be working on this lab. And there's days where I'm just up there and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't know, I don't know what your jobs are. Maybe you love your job and you're super passionate about it and you're excited. Every single day is a new day and a new chapter and, and God's doing something amazing. But there's some days in my life where I'm just like discouraged. I just go up and I'm like, I got all my pipes ready and labeled for, for the next day. I got all my electrical boxes laid out and everything's where it needs to be, all the fire alarm and I got all the pipes connected. And, and I'm, there's days where I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, what is this even for? And it's a verse like this that actually gives me hope. It makes me realize that God is actually present in that, in that mundane, seemingly boringness, seemingly nothing is happening part of life. God is actually in that just as much as he is in the big picture, just as much as, as he is in the thousand years, he is in that little boring day. And the more I read the Bible, the more this actually sticks out to me. And the more I see this, if you go through the story of Abraham, if you go through the story of Isaac, Jacob, the one, that, the one that really stuck out to me, the one that I know the best is the story of Joseph. And if you look at the story of Joseph, we know the story from start to finish. So we can be like, oh, yes, God is in that. But imagine him actually in the situation. If you think about it, this is a boy whose mom died and he was a favorite child by his dad, but all of his siblings hated him. And I could just imagine him he, when he was taken and he was taken by his brothers. His coat was ripped off of him and he was thrown into a pit. And imagine him there in the bottom of that pit. He would have been like, does God care? Like, what's happening with my life? Does God even care? And we can see that God was actually looking back on it from where we are now. We can see God was there with him. But then he was taken from that, that pit and he might have thought, okay, now something good's going to happen. But then he was sold into slavery and walking through the desert. Does God even care? And then he was a slave in Potiphar's house. But then he rose up the ranks and maybe he could gain some hope. And maybe he was like, okay, God's with me. This is, this is good. Something good is going to come out of this. And then one day later, bam, back in prison, falsely accused for something he didn't even do. It, does God care? Where is God in that? And we can see back from the bird's eye view. But just imagine him being in that situation. It would have been so difficult. And he was able, after he was lifted up to the second in command, he was able to, to actually save his brothers. And through the years in slavery, through the pain 
of being rejected, through the hurt of not having his family, through the loneliness. You just imagine all of the different things that he would have gone through in his life. And he was able to say at the end of his life, he was able to say to his brothers, the ones who put him in that terrible situation, he was able to say, you meant this for evil, but God actually used it to save your lives. You meant this for evil, but God actually meant this for good. And that gives me hope when I look at my life, when I look at the things that happen in my life where, where I just don't understand what's happening. Does God care? That's the main question. Does God even care? And yes, he does. And yes, he's there with him in all of that terribleness. And he's there with you in whatever you're whatever you're going through. And it's amazing how he would be able to say, looking back on the evil situation, he would be able to say, you meant this for evil, but God actually had a plan. And God actually meant this for good. And so I want all of us to look at our own lives. And I don't know everything that you're going through and I don't know your situation. But I want you to understand that God is actually not only concerned about the thousand year period, but God is actually concerned about each and every single day. And God is aware and God is attentive and God is there in every single situation that you're in. And I feel like a lot of the times we just, we ignore that or we're not aware of that. And it leads me to worship. It leads me to, to be encouraged to realize that God actually does care. And so now that we've answered the question of does God care, I want to ask the question, what does God's care actually look like? What does it look like that God cares? Because if you ask most people in our world today, people would say success, right? Does God care? You look at a person and you see wealthy, healthy, he's doing well, maybe he has a family, maybe he's living his best life or her best life. Does God care? Yep, look at them. They're doing amazing. But then we look back to the story of Joseph, and we're like, does God actually care? This boy was sold into slavery. This boy was betrayed by the people who should have loved him and taken care of him. And so it's not necessarily about the, the situation, but it's realizing that in every situation, in the good, in the bad, in the success and in the failure, in when you're doing well, or when you feel like maybe it's just boring, maybe you feel like nothing's happening at all. It's realizing that God's presence is actually with you in those situations. In the situations where you might not even think of God, he is there with you in those situations. As if every single day was like a thousand year period. And so as you go to school, there's a lot of kids here. As you kids go to school, Remember, God's actually with you when you wake up and when you eat breakfast and on recess, God's with you. He cares about you. He has a plan. And for us who go to work and maybe it's, maybe it's boring, maybe it's exciting, maybe things are happening, but God is actually there with you in that time. As if every single day for a thousand years. So it wasn't actually too, too long ago too, too long ago, it was in uh, December, I think it was, we went to a friend of ours's church, and we met this guy, and he's a personal trainer, 
And then a group of us started going and working out and studying the Bible after. And it's a lot of fun, but we've been working out and we've been studying through the book of Daniel. And even in the book of Daniel, it's been on my mind a lot, but you can see the same sort of thing happening in the book of Daniel. We ask the question, what does God's care actually look like? This is another boy who, who if you look at the situation, you can see the whole nation of Israel was overturned and overthrown by the Babylonians. And he would be led into slavery, into a foreign land. And this boy, this boy, Daniel and his friend, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would maybe be asking the question, like, what's happening? Does God care? How does God care? Look, does he not see his people just completely fell apart? They were just overthrown. Does God care? And yes, you can see throughout that book, it was like one chapter into the book, the king was about to kill all of them. And the king had a crazy dream and the king was like, tell me what my dream was and tell me what my dream meant. And every single magician and sorcerer and person who was like a prophet in that day who was supposed to be able to interpret those things, they couldn't. But God was actually with Daniel and God showed Daniel in that situation, God was there with him. And that led to the glory of God. And so they interpreted that dream. And then the next chapter later, the king is ready to kill them again. The king has a huge fire going. And he says, betray your God, turn to me, worship the statue. And if you don't, you'll be thrown into the fire. And you can look at that situation. It's maybe I'm being a little bit repetitive and I'm being repetitive on purpose just so that we can get this into our minds, just so that we can understand that in situations like this, when we ask the question, does God care? The answer is yes. And you ask the question, what does God's care actually look like? Because there's been times in my life where things aren't going well and it makes me question God. But then it makes me realize that God's care doesn't just mean that I'll be able to buy a house. God's care doesn't just mean that I'll be able to have a big, fat savings account. God's care doesn't just mean that everything's going to go well and I'm going to be completely healthy. God's care actually means that in the difficult situations, when, we're, when our faith is being tested, when maybe it seems like our family's falling apart, when maybe it seems like, like difficult things are happening, maybe it is death, that God is actually there that God is actually present in that situation. And that's the, that's the biggest blessing of everything. Because when those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, the king would look in and what would he see? He would see a fourth person shining bright, the Lord. And he was actually there physically in that fire with them. And that's what I want to encourage us with this morning. That's what I want us to, to lead us into worship, to help us realize and to get that into our hearts and to get that into our minds, that it's not about all of the circumstances happening around us, but it's actually the presence of God in those situations. And that should lead us to worship. Because the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the person who was there at the start, the creator of the world, he actually put himself into our little bubble of time. 
And he would actually humble himself to be a little baby and to go through life and to be hated. It says that he came to his own people and his own people wanted nothing to do with him. They rejected him. When Jesus was preaching in his hometown in Nazareth, the very people who should have given him support, the people who should have cared about him and supported him and, and loved him, what did they do? They said, who is this man, Jesus? Is he the, the son of a car? Isn't he the son of the carpenter? And what did they try and do? They tried to push him off a cliff and kill him. And it wasn't many, it wasn't too long after that, where actually the whole crowd turned against him. And they yelled, crucify him. And they nailed him to a cross. And there you have the God outside of time, actually entering into time, knowing everything that would happen. And he would be beaten. And he would be, be bruised. And he would be spit upon. And we ask the question, does God care? He does. And that's how much he cares. He cares so much that he would actually give his life for you, and he would give his life for me. And I didn't understand this at first. It took me a while to actually realize it. But Jesus' sufferings on the cross, it wasn't just physical. It wasn't like Jesus just had nails through his hands and his feet. And it wasn't like Jesus just had a crown of thorns beaten into his head. But while he was on the cross, God actually took the punishment for sin, what I deserved for my wrongdoing, what you deserve for your wrongdoing. Jesus actually bore that on his own body on the cross. And as he was there hanging on the cross, he would pay the price for our sin so that we could have life, so that we could have peace, so that we could have joy, so that we could be forgiven. That's how much God cares. That's how far his care goes. And so if you don't know Jesus today, then I'm speaking to you. God actually loves you, and he does care about you. And he does care about your, even if you're going through school and it may seem like a little problem that, that why, would, why would such a big God care about, about my little problem? He does care about you. And he cares about it so much that he would actually give his life to save you. He cares about it so much that he would actually go through such intense pain so that you could have life. And all you have to do is turn to him. All you have to do is accept him. All you have to do is trust in him. And it says, he will forgive you. He will wipe your slate clean. It's like we're so dirty and we're so corrupted and we're so inclined to go to bad. But Jesus paid for that so that we can have our slate completely wiped clean and be forgiven. And so if you don't know Jesus, turn to him today. If we could all turn to Luke chapter 12, there's something I want to look at just in closing. Luke chapter 12. Starting at verse 22. This is at a point in the life of Jesus where he would be speaking to his disciples. And it really touched me, and I hope that it speaks to you as well. 
Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Think about that. God feeds the birds. God takes care of them. And then he says, you, you are far more valuable to God than birds. God actually cares about you as if every single day were a thousand years. You're far more valuable to him than birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if your worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, then what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing. Yet Solomon, one of the richest, wisest kings ever, Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for, the, wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. He will care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These are things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need and this verse here this verse doesn't mean that you'll be rich this verse doesn't mean that things will be easy this verse doesn't mean that that god will show you the next 20 year plan of your life and you can sail through without without having any care in the world no this means that if you pursue god if you give your life to god he will be present there with you and he will take care of you. And so in difficult situations, in good situations, he will be there and you will always have someone to support you. He knows what you need. Look at the last part, verse 32. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. For God to give himself for you, that is an amazing thing. But then to read that it actually makes God happy to be able to give it to you, that goes so much more, that's like so much more. Like the one thing that actually makes God happy is to give you the kingdom, to give you his son, to give you forgiveness, to give you his presence. That is the thing that makes God happy. And so if you know Jesus and you love Jesus today, then let's continue to remember this. And let's continue to remember that God's presence is with us and that, that he actually enjoys giving it to us. And if you don't know Jesus, then remember that there is someone you can turn to and he will forgive you. He will wipe away all of your sin and he will actually give you his presence. You can have peace. You can have joy. You can know that when you die, you will be with him forever. 
And it's not because of what you do and it's not because of how good you are. And it's not because you're successful or, or rich or because things are going your way. But it's because there was one God who cared about you. And he was willing to give up everything to save you. And so hopefully this leads us to worship and hopefully this leads and transforms our hearts to, to want him more and to realize his presence more as we go through life. And so with that, let's just pray. Hey, thank you so much for listening. What a privilege it was to share God's word with you today. We pray that you were fed, strengthened, and more equipped to run the race with perseverance. To listen to more podcasts like this, make sure to subscribe. For more content from Langstaff and to connect with us, go to langstaffassembly.com. Have a blessed day and we'll see you next time.